Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey Blue, we are the Baseball Umpires Podcast for umpires by an umpire. We are more than just balls and strikes and outs and saves. Listen in for tips, rule interpretations, equipment and attire reviews, interviews with umpires of all levels, and some funny stories that might come up every time out on the baseball field. If you're new to the field as an umpire or a seasoned vet in the world of umpiring, then this is the podcast for you. Hey Blue! The Umpire Podcast is part of the 1420 Sports Bar group of podcasts on the Belly Up Network. Welcome to Hey Blue, the Umpire's Podcast for umpires by an umpire on this 19th day of November. Uh, today I'm happy to be joined by Michael Keefe, a young man from Illinois who now at Indiana University, correct? Yeah, I got that right. Good with there we go. Half the battles there. Turns out we got a couple things in common. We're we're uh, both umpires and we're both Yankee fans. Uh, how does a guy from uh, Illinois end up being a Yankee fan? I lived out east for a while. I was in New York for a while, and um, I don't know. I've seen a lot of wins, but it's been tough. It's been tough. A little bit of hope every year just seems to get crushed every October. And less and less hope as the years go on. We'll get into the Yankees a little yeah. bit uh, at the end of the show because man, they're they just they're starting to starting to lose not lose complete faith, but I'm starting to get to a little bit of disinterest, and that's never a good yeah. thing. Anyways, uh, you reached out to, out to me after uh, listening to our show once or twice. Where you've probably found us on a Facebook account because I post things all over. Um, no idea. I, usually we, we put shows out there. I've been doing this for about two years and uh, nobody really reached out. You're one of the first ones to uh, come back and say, hey, I got something to say. Can I, uh, and you you were you were going to just give me some news and notes and, and everything else. And then I say, hey, why don't we one up that and come on the show? Uh, what made you decide, okay, where did you find the show and what made you decide to reach out? Because uh, umpiring is kind of a niche thing that people don't usually talk about very much. Yeah, thanks for having me. And so I initially found uh and sort of clip on Facebook. I think you'd posted it. And then I went on, uh, I had a long drive. I was actually heading back from school in Indiana to where I live near Chicago, about a four hour drive. So I just threw on some of the episodes and started listening. And I thought I had a pretty unique perspective uh, of how a, as a sort of young kid, college kid, I got into umpiring uh, and B sort of how my perspective has changed as a coach and a player, as I started umpiring. Cause definitely I have like new opinions on not just towards umpires, but on towards the game as a whole. It is crazy how once you put on the the different uh, the different uniform, how things change in your mind a little bit, and uh, how it it can change really quick, and you just for the better, uh, whether you become a great official or, or different or or just do it part time. It's it's crazy how everything uh, go, goes that quick. Um, give us a bit of your baseball resume. You probably started in T ball the whole bit. Like, let's go with your playing your your playing days first. Yep. So uh, started in T ball, like you said, and then uh, most of my life I grew up here in Chicago, so played travel ball all the way up through high school. Um, then in high school, I played baseball as a catcher all through high school. Then uh, come college, decided not to play. I still play a summer uh, sort of fall league. I think I might make the transition to softball this year. I don't know if my body can handle another season of baseball. But um, it's funny saying that when I'm 19. But um, so about three years ago, so this was this past summer was my third year coaching. Um, I've coached 12U and then 10U two years. And this is the same travel team that I played for when I was their age. Um, and then 
umpiring when I was little, I did the whole like rec league umpiring the third and fourth graders. Um, I did that for a few years, probably freshman, soft, first, second year of high school. And then uh, this past summer was the first year really doing uh, umpiring on my own. Uh, I started about first few games, started around the uh, 10 U level and worked my way up to the freshman level of high school throughout the season. Moved up quick. My gosh, it takes usually yeah. a long time for, to, to go. And that can be a, a bit of a situation we'll talk about too. Uh, when you were a player, let's not get into your coaching thing. When you were a player, not so much when you're young, because when you're young, you don't say anything to, to anybody. Yeah. You're just happy to be out there playing. And usually you don't know what the score is half the time. Yeah. And then, but what, when you're young and then you get into maybe when you're 13, 14 years old, um, guys get a little bit opinionated on the field at, at a young age and they start deciding to, uh, I wouldn't say mouth off, but they, they start to, uh, question umpires a little bit more and question authority in general when you start thinking yeah. you know what you're doing um i mean we're all still learning but th- what was your relationship like because you said you were a catcher and you're really close to an umpire like you're talked to more than anybody does yeah what was your relationship with umpires as you uh as you started to grow a little bit older yeah as i got a little more mature i always try to start that game with a good relationship shake their hand introduce myself call them by their name the whole uh nine yards there but then i don't know call it started not going my way especially when i'm up to the plate tough strike three car anything around there i would i wouldn't exactly lose it on them but i would just have an attitude the rest of the game and you know i don't think that's that unusual for a 13 year old 14 year old boy oh no i was i was a horrible horrible little man back then (laughs) there's no getting around that that was about the worst 13 year old 14 year old because once you got around high school it sort of got tolerated a little bit less but i think that was sort of the worst phase i had that attitude that with me uh anything not going my way i'd be upset about yeah, there's no doubt about that. It's funny how even at that age you think you're going to change an umpire's, uh, or, uh, and, yeah. uh, and especially because what's funny about that is you, you're not going to change your parents' um, attitude towards you if you have a hissy fit. Yeah. So why would why would a complete yeah. stranger decide to change mm-hmm. the, their their reason behind you when when you're you're having a bit of a hissy fit? It is funny that way. Let's get into your coaching a little bit. Yep. You uh, you're doing ten U twelve U thirteen U like you said. And yep. uh, what did you um, like? How was your relationship? Like you go to the home plate meeting with the umpires, usually yeah. older gentlemen. Some Sometimes, sometimes you yep. get some younger kids in there, uh, guys who uh, more than more often than not are basically volunteering their time. Yep. Um, they make a couple of bucks here and there, but nothing to uh, write home about. What was your um, your relationship with umpires as you got into the coaching stage of things? Yeah, so I'd say I was pretty calm. I mean, in terms of being 12U, 11U, 12U, um, most games pretty laid back didn't really get into it too much, but then there'd be games where I would be never got thrown out, but there'd be games I'd get it. I would be a little bit of a hothead, um, be upset about a missed call, especially, uh, well, now that I know, but especially things where, I don't know, close pickoff at third base as the third base coach, I can see it clear as day. He's safe. The umpire home play guy has no angle on that. You know what I mean? He'd be safe by two feet and I uh, get called out. And that's the stuff I would lose my mind on. But as I've sort of gained experience as an umpire a little bit, those are the things I feel for them a little bit for. Like, I'll just bite my tongue a little bit, especially things when there's one guy behind the plate. Yeah. Doesn't have an angle. Um, judgment stuff. It's close. If I'm closer, not his fault. Um, and what I still get a little bit upset about, which I think is kind of fair, is not caring. Um, calls that are missed because they don't care or because they don't care to read the rules, things like that. That still bugs me a little bit. That is one thing that you that drives me nuts too. And sometimes yeah. when I go to watch a game and, and you see the guys are just out there and it's not, and it's not so much the, 
Um, the younger guys have all, I think the younger guys actually go out there and they care and they're trying to get better. I think sometimes you, you get a bunch of, of, uh, older guys guys my age and even 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 because i'm i'm 48 years old now but you get guys older than me that are hat fillers and they're just doing it for something to do or that they've yep. always done it this way and this is how i do it and they you can't even talk to them and just because you've been doing it for 40 years doesn't mean you've been doing it right for 40 years and that's one thing that drives me a bit nuts as a as a as a, uh, a supervisor per se and yep. you go like okay you're in the wrong position man like can you just do it yep. this way i always do it and that that's something that drives me nuts too yep the guys that uh you can tell they've done high school or even above that their entire life. They got all the patches on their jacket, right? And uh, at the end of the game, you can see behind the plate, there's only one spot where they stood. They didn't leave that one spot the entire game. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, we uh, call that totem pole umpiring around here. That's what we call totem pole umpiring. Something we're trying to, to, to teach guys uh, when we have our clinics here in Southern Alberta is, okay, you got you, you got to move. And that was, there was one guy that he was part of baseball for a really long time, coached the whole bit. And, uh, he didn't realize how much movement you had to do and how much running there actually yep. was. He was like, you guys always do that. Cause he never even noticed it's That's <laughs> one thing that uh, when you coach and play, because you're not worried so much about the umpire, it's you're worried about the baseball and what's going on. And then the umpire secondary until you, until you actually need them. Yeah, exactly. Yep. When you go in out this year, more so they started doing high school games a lot, a lot more mm -hmm. when you, what was your um, your training? What was your mentorship? What was that like? What did you go through before you went out into because doing doing little league games or ten, yeah. nine, five, eight year olds, whatever? You, you probably don't get a whole bunch of mentorship going out there. But when you mm -hmm. uh, actually let's start there when you, when you first started doing it in yeah. your local little league field, I always call it little league because I'm, I'm I'm old, so that's what yeah. we call it, right? But when you what was your first mentorship like when you first decided, hey, I'm going to give this a shot, and you're getting paid a hot dog or a bag of chips or whatever it was? Yeah. What what was your, your training per se when you first got going? Uh, when I did that back in, uh, I was talking about back like my freshman year before high school when I was doing all that. Yeah. That was, um, so it was, we all got, I remember we all got brought into a gymnasium uh, and they did, they taught us how to do the safe call, the out call, and that was about it and where, uh, how to put the gear on. And then we took a written test with the rules, pretty basic stuff, uh, infield fly, all that jazz. And uh, that was about it because that league was sort of, it was all parents coaching. Everyone sort of yeah. knew each other. All the parents and coaches were there to help you out a little bit. So that was super low pressure. And I think that was the best possible place I could have started. Um, 100%. Just start that mindset of, look, the co everyone here wants to play. If I mess up, the coaches are here to help me. And uh, I'm just here to have fun like everyone else. And then, so I took a break for most of high school. Then last year when I started with the younger travel programs, 10 and uh, up, they were so stretched thin for guys that they, I essentially, I did a zoom online sort of, that was my training. Yeah. And, uh, it was, it was, a, I think it was four hours. It was pretty long. And then, uh, took an online test on the rules and they just threw me in. That was it. Here's your hat. Here's the patch your shirt. And here you go. Exactly. And, uh, I'd imagine if someone didn't care, just doing it for the quick buck, uh, just wanted to be out there. They could have just mailed it in, not known anything, but so me and a buddy sort of were both doing the same thing. And I don't even know how many hours of YouTube videos I spent and Good texting guys, like contacts we met, um, emails, and random throughout those first few games, random questions will come up, rule questions, questions about where to position myself, stuff like that. And we just shoot all these older guys a text, and they are so happy to help. And I think there's one guy, the young one thing the younger guys ought to realize, these older guys want to help you. They're happy to be there. They're happy someone's reaching out to them. That's one thing I've been trying to to uh, to tell the younger guys in our association, the clinics that we do on a biweekly basis here. It's and we we're trying to do a thing here where um, 
we're teaching where to stand and why you're standing there. The not not the uh, the rules so much. Like we'll incorporate the rules into what we're doing. And because if you sit in, in the uh, in a classroom and you just listen to some guy talking about the rules, you're not going to learn anything. You're going mm-hmm. to hear maybe ten percent of what that guy has to say, and, and you're not going to care a whole bunch. And you get your patch, and you, here's your hot dog, and see you later. Uh, and that's kind of one thing that we try to do is incorporate the, the why you're standing there and not just the the, the reason. Because in general, a game will take care of itself. Like you can make most calls from from sitting in, in the bleachers and everything else, and, and it'll take care of itself. But the biggest thing is telling guys why they need to stand there um, and be in a, posi- a certain position because there's going to be that call. There's going to be that situation where, oh man, I'm in the wrong place, and I know it. Yeah. Right. And you and you know yeah. it quick, and you're you're the person that that uh, knows it more than anybody else does. If you have any situations where you were, um, especially maybe in, in a high school. Um, JV game, whatever. When you got into situation, yep. you go, "Oh man, I'm in the wrong spot." So um, I hope none of the guys from this game are watching it because this uh, ended as a one nothing game. But so this is my first high school game. It was a freshman game around here, of course. And uh, yeah, and it was a there was one out runner on third, uh, runner yeah runner on uh, one out runner on second. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, single to the outfield runner went for second, tagged out at second. For the there were two outs, tagged out a second for the third out, and uh, I wasn't watching to see if the runner at second had crossed the plate before the tag. The old timing and, play, yeah. Yep. Coach goes, "Did he score?" And I, I had assumed he did, so I said, "Safe." The other coach was, I said, "The run, just count the run." Um, other coach lost his mind at me. This was like sixth inning, zero zero game, and I think that was the one where I was like, "Shit, I know I screwed up." Yeah. Um, the coaches know I screwed up. And most of the time, it's not like that. I'll notice that I, I'll know I didn't see something. I know I screwed up, but nobody else on the field will notice that. And sometimes you've got to step back and realize that I know I was in the wrong position. None of these coaches, none of these players, none of these fans know that I was in the wrong position to make that call. And he's got to be confident with it. But that was the one where I think it really, uh, really screwed that one up. And that's, that's funny in all my years of doing it. Like I, I maybe I've had two time calls at, at home plate on that situation yeah. where I've had to make a call and for you to get in one of your first, your first big games. That's uh, it's one of those yeah. things, right? And, and if you're not in position, you don't know. And the simple, um, if your partner and you didn't have a communication prior to with the touch and the, the hand for the watch yeah. or whatever it may be. Um, and if you just don't have that, that simple thing that you, and you, that you take for granted a lot of times that you just go, uh, it's never going to happen. And you go, yeah son of a bitch it happened right exactly. it's one of those it's one of those things um is that something that you now you like when you get off the field and like you said you know you've uh you've made a mistake in positioning not like i calls happen whatever it's yeah. just judgment sometimes um do you keep some kind of a, a mental notebook or a notebook as to what to, okay what can i improve on what what have i done right what have i done wrong yep. a little first off let, let's let's focus on on the positive because you, you hate to dwell on the negative because that's what baseball like minor minor baseball and amateur baseball is, is a lot of negative what are some of the things that you improved on so much this year that you're most proud of um i think from the first game to the last game just my tone uh both in the pregame meeting uh my calls uh dealing with coaches that are being loud and really my tone is greatly improved i'm much more confident feel like i'm um I feel like I'm running it without being overbearing. I'd say, I'd say, uh, I have real good attitude now. Um, and then uh, the second thing, just sort of my basic mechanics. I mean, first game out there, I hadn't done any real training. Um, me and my buddy, uh, we had back to back games. We took some videos of each other and then just sort yeah. of worked on that in the mirror. And 
what you're saying about that mental notebook. Uh, actually, after every game where there's something like that, like, oh, shoot, I screwed this up. I don't know how to do this. It's just like immediately a text to him. Hey, how do you do this? Uh, do you do this a different way? And then he'll be like, oh, I don't know. And we'll text one of our older guys or look it up on YouTube or something like that. YouTube is such a, a great, I don't know if you, uh, you've seen the John Galante from the, the Tri-State Elite Umpire Association, check out his YouTube videos are mm-hmm. fantastic. How to, how to, uh, attack situations. I shouldn't say attacks. We don't like to attack as umpires. <laughs> We're supposed to just back, but how you address situations and how you, uh, make certain calls and be in certain positions and timing and everything else. And the way, the way he breaks things down for his, his cadets, he calls him. He does a fantastic mm-hmm. job. Um, let's get into some interesting things that you notice more so about um once you actually let's let's talk about coach uh coaching the the uh the 13u when what did you notice about parents as you were coaching like i'm not getting an umpiring yet yeah. but as a, as as a coach what did what were your uh, reactions of uh how parents acted towards umpires I, parents are in my opinion like the worst part about it um cuz coaches will come up uh, as a coach, if I have a rule concern, a legitimate concern, I can stop the game, come talk to them. The umpire maybe actually make a difference. And parents are essentially most of the time there to just harass the poor, I don't know, sometimes a kid, sometimes adult behind the plate, right? And that's, when you listen to it, that's honestly what it seems like. Um, sometimes that they're just harassing someone. Um, yeah. And there are definitely points of the season where I've had to talk to either one parent to tell them to tell everyone else, or just all of them as a whole, and just be like, um, I'm there to talk about disputes. That's my job. That's why I'm getting paid. You guys just enjoy the game. Cheer on your kids, cheer on our team. But uh, that's about it. I want to hear from you guys. There was an old hot, like a, this was something years ago that they're talking to a, a hockey coach. He said his dream job would have been to, uh, to be a coach of a team of orphans. So there was no parents around kind of deal. <laughs> would have been, would have been one of those things yeah. to make things a little bit easier yeah. on, on everybody in general. Yep. Now that you got behind the plate, and uh, you're out there and there are disputes, like you say. Uh, and one thing I try to teach the uh, the young guys in, in our association and, and the older guys, because sometimes the older guys, they can be uh, red-ass umpires more than the young guys, uh, is to hear everything but don't listen. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and that that's something that I really try to, to, to teach and incorporate and say, okay, just if you hear it, just ignore. Like ignore as much as you mm-hmm. can, right? Um, what's one thing that you noticed more so because now that the, the, the negativity is being directed at you, yeah. uh, it, it, what's one thing that you noticed a lot as an umpire back there that you went, I cannot believe that they, they're saying this kind of stuff to me. Yeah. So the first thing that stood out to me is uh, as a coach, you know, about, I don't know, when we're in the field, about every third, fourth pitch, I don't like, uh, yeah, I'll let out some little comment. Right. And I didn't realize once I'm behind the plate, you got rabbit ears. You hear literally everything, everything. whether it's directed at you, whether it's directed at the pitcher passive aggressive towards the pitcher like ah, again it's not directed at you but you know the coach disagrees with that call and that sort of surprised me i assumed it was just that uh, unless i'm screaming in the dude's face he doesn't hear me you know what i mean yeah. but uh literally everything said on that field i'm hearing it is crazy how like you, a guy can be 40 50 feet away and he'd mumble something under his breath and you and you, and you yep. turn your head and then and then that opens up a can of worms you just yep. you look at a guy and then he's mad at you like i'm just looking man like yep. just just relax i i I shouldn't say I barely care, but if that pitch makes or breaks this game, then you got way bigger problems with your, with your team and your pitchers and everything else. So you just got to, and it is funny how you, you do hear everything like, and it's, it's astonishing. And and that's something that people don't understand is that, um, 
you're almost going out with your guard up and that's something which we, we, you want to try to get away from as you go, get a little bit older and as you go out there is that a lot of times coaches aren't saying stuff to you or about you. It's just, it's just useless banter that get, gets out there. Yep. And uh, like you said, going out with your guard up, I think it's tough for me as a 19 uh, year old kid. Most of these coaches are in their fifties, sixties, older guys yeah. to sort of start with that respect. Um, and starts her with that guard down. Sometimes it's tough. Most of the time it's great. Just have a great tone in the pregame meeting, show that I know what I'm doing. Uh, show up like I care, shirt tucked in, pants nice and clean and uh, clean shoes. But um, sometimes it does take just right off the bat, comments coming in first thing, just a good warning, and then sort of the tone set for the rest of the time, and then you can let that guard down a little bit. But I think just as these younger guys out here, sometimes just right off the bat, some of these coaches give us a little bit less respect, and uh, that's something you got to deal with. It is, it is astonishing. I, I, we, we actually joked about this last weekend at one of our clinics, uh, me and Brandon Oberg, the, uh, he's the president of our association and he's been doing, he's been umpiring longer than I have, which is crazy. But, uh, he, uh, me and him did a U 14 game or whatever it was. And, uh, he flat out admitted in about the first second inning that he, he was on the base. I was on the plate. We probably were doing a level of baseball that we probably were above doing. It's one of mm-hmm. those things that they needed guys. We said, yeah, we'll go out and do it. And, uh, the night before we were in front of 3000 people in a, a college woodback game. And then the next day we're doing a, a, you, like I said, you 14 game. And, and he goes, I think I booted that call and not a word is said. Right. And it's funny because we, we got like we did, we go out there, we still dress properly. We were playing the role, smoke and mirrors, like the whole bit and make, made sure we're still uh, giving our all out there because everybody deserves that. But he, he said, I booted that call. He knew it. And I went, Oh yeah, I think he did too. And then not a word gets said, but if a kid, uh, a person your age makes that same call, coaches will just just like yep. jump all over them. And I don't think that's fair. Cause you, you go out there with the, from what 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 you're telling me already, you put in a lot more work than I think I do um, by looking at things and everything else, um, and reading the rule book and learning things uh, and being prepared and having your uniform uh, properly and your shoes shine and everything else. Do you think that that like that's the first impression is is the best impression? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I see a guy as a coach coming up in shorts with the uh, shin guards on over it and a shirt that's hanging out. And I just immediately think this guy's going to have no idea what he's doing. And then when there's a close call, doesn't go my way. I'm going to assume, oh yeah, he's no idea what he's doing and get on him because of it. Um, so I think when I show up, just acting like, like I care, essentially, just acting like you care, acting like you want to be there and showing these coaches the same respect by showing up properly that they're going to show you during the game. I think that's plays a huge role. That is, it's, it's such a big thing. It, it, you go out there. You don't want to be a cop. You don't want to be the, 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 the hard ass. You don't want to and go out there, but be not aggressive, but assertive is, is kind of the exactly. biggest, the biggest advice I, I try to give younger guys. If you're assertive and confident, you're going to get the benefit of the doubt. If you do have a, a questionable call or it's a close call, it's a whacker at first base and you go up and you have your proper mechanics, and everything else. And, and you, you look consistent. Um, that's, that's kind of the biggest thing out there. And you won't get a whole bunch of, uh, feedback because you're not going to change a call. And I'm assuming you you don't umpire a, a game that has a instant replay. No. So I don't either. I'm, I always said if once the instant replay comes into games, I do. I'm that's when I retire and call it good because I'm going to be told that I'm wrong right off the bat. Right. So yeah. it's uh, it's one of those things. It's uh, what's the biggest word of advice you can give yourself now that your your first season of uh, like baseball baseball is done that you, you you go back to the beginning of the year that you would have that you would have told your uh, your your rookie self, I guess. 
just the one word confidence. Um, there's a reason that, uh, sort of I'm out there. I put in a lot of time learning the rules, learning these weird sort of, uh, situations, applications of these rules, um, learning the proper mechanics. And at the end of the day, I'm out there. So everyone can have fun and, uh, just be confident. Uh, don't let the coaches push you around too much. Don't let players push you around too much and uh, have fun. Is where do you see yourself taking this umpiring thing? Is it something that you, you you're just going to continue to do? Do you see yourself going? Cause you're, you're young enough now to maybe go to a pro school or something else. Do you, do you, or, or to, to just advance to maybe some college baseball and the whole bit, where do you see yourself uh, taking this, uh, this baseball thing? And what do you, what do you plan on doing with the, the younger um, uh, kids that umpire around your, 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 your hometown? Yeah. So being completely honest with it, I don't think I'm going to end up turning into a career and, I've always said I'd love to my entire life be able to do, I don't know, 20 some, 30 some games a summer if I just have time with it in addition yeah. to whatever else I'm doing. But at the moment, these summers while I'm in college, I'm just trying to be uh, the best, like, I don't know, 14 new umpire out there. I don't really feel a need to work my way up into JV varsity. I feel like I'm just letting these kids have fun. There's games not being played around where I live this past summer because they couldn't find anyone. And uh, it's a shame because baseball is such a positive impact on my life. Um, I know the lessons it taught me as a kid. I know the lessons it taught me even as a coach. And it's a shame that these some kids aren't being able to experience that because they can't get guys umpire games. It is crazy how there is there's so many more teams nowadays because there is a bigger population, but there is so many more organizations out there. And then most times the kids don't even know who, what team they're playing on because they're, they're wearing three different uniforms throughout the week. And it, the the uh, one thing that always gets forgotten is, oh, yeah, we need officials. And, and like and the organizations, like whether it be perfect game or or, the, or the, whatever it is, they always forget that. Oh, geez, we can have all the games we want, but if we don't have umpires, just practice. And yeah. uh, it's good to hear that a young guy like yourself wants to give back a little bit and get out there and umpire. Um, when you get out there in the one man system, I haven't done that in a long time. Uh, that's got to be tough and a bit nerve wracking and everything yeah. else because that's it's actually like the, the lower levels of baseball it is, the harder it is to actually umpire. Yeah, when you're out there by yourself, what's the one thing you just dread? So just going back a little bit. So I think out of the, I don't know, five, six games a week I did over the summer, um, I think I had six total that weren't one man. Six total were at a partner out there. Jesus. And uh, those were younger level games. All the high school games I did were just solo. And high school ones aren't weren't, weren't too bad. You can hustle out there. But what I would dread is working on when I worked down on a younger level when they needed a guy, I don't know, 10 U fields are small. Every routine ground ball is a bang, bang play at yeah. first because the bases are what 45 feet. So that's and the throws are never there. So the kids jumping yep. up and trying to go down the whole bit, right? Go ahead. Keep going. And then the runner stopping and doing some weird thing going around. You know what I mean? Um, but the one thing I would dread, I'm trying to think about this. Um, I, when I, uh, behind the plate, if a kid would ever turn around to me and make a comment, that's the one thing I would dread. Cause at the end of the day, I know that's something I would have done when I was a 13, 14 year old, I would have not made a comment to them, yeah. but walking away, I would have said something back to the dugout and I want to let the kid play. You know what I mean? But at the same time, at some point they've got to learn. So usually just talking to the coach, Hey, 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Number four over there is make sure he stays in the game, stuff like that. Yeah, I would love that. Those conversations are tough. I had a little situation saying it was a younger, I can't even remember what age group it was, but it was the same kind of situation this summer where a kid, uh, he did the old proverbial line draw on me on, on a pitch that was, it was probably outside by half a ball, yeah. a ball or whatever. But it's, if you if you call it that tight, you'll be out there for nine hours for one single game. And yeah. I just, I said to the kid, I said, don't ever do that again. Mm-hmm. He, he looked at me and said, what? I said, you know what you did. And then he went, he, I didn't throw him out. I probably should, but I was like, whatever. It's, I'm not going to throw a 12 year old kid out of a game. But, uh, the, the coach come up to me and started giving me grief about it. And I said, okay, here's what happened, man. He goes, Oh, I, I didn't know. Yeah. Said, okay. Well, here it is, man. Like just tell him to never do that, do that again. Cause anybody else that's an automatic, but I'm, I'm here to keep kids in the game. And I think that's one thing that we need to teach umpires at all levels is to try to keep guys in the game. Because I find that once you start throwing guys out of the game left and right, it just turns into a, yep. a bad, a bad situation. Then parents get mad and then the coaches get mad because the amount of money that's involved for these travel teams when parents got to go to games and everything else. And then little Johnny only plays two innings, uh, <laughs> then gets people mad at you. Um, what's another thing like you're out there with your buddy, you said, do you guys um, talk about umpiring a lot? Cause it's not really the, uh, the cool thing to do in the, in the, uh, in the world of baseball, like being a coach is, is the cool thing to do. Being a player is the coolest thing to do, obviously, but being an umpire, isn't really a cool thing. Like when you, uh, when you and your buddy are sitting there BSing about a game afterwards, do you, uh, find what's the term everybody was geeking out a little bit. Do you find yourself geeking out about a little bit once in a while? Oh, 100%. So uh, we'll be hanging out with our group of friends. I think four of the five of us are coaches. And out of nowhere, we'll just start talking about some something that happened in one of the games we were umpiring. And all our friends will be looking at us like, what the hell are you guys talking about? We'll be talking about some weird uh, call. Like they had a close play the game. He was coaching at the plate. And uh, his comment, I think, was, uh, yeah, he wasn't in the slot. He had no angle on the call. And the other guys are like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Like, why? Why? Like, why does that matter? Yeah, and, there, uh, there's nothing worse than when a, like if, if it's two umpires, it's okay because like you can usually okay. drown them out. But if you get three or more, it, uh, the the conversations are, are quite ridiculous. Keep going, sorry. No, no worries. And it's just funny. Um, we could go on and on all day. I mean, our parents uh, joke about just sort of how we'll be hours on end after a game, just on the phone. I remember every drive home from a game, immediately calling him, telling him about the game. He did the same with me, and uh, just. Some of the stories that come out of the games, too, are just ridiculous. And uh, the connections, too. So growing up, we played for a team uh, that was uh, sort of the league was operated by this dude, uh, this local dude and sort of a goofy guy. And then we end up or I ended up umpiring a fall ball game and he was the coach and he made some of the worst coaching decisions of all time. That just sort of proved our point that this guy did have no idea what he was talking about. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of funny stories. Oh, there, there is, and it's crazy the stuff that you see as an umpire compared to what you wouldn't see as a, as a coach or a player that you yep. just go because you have two teams because you, you got I would I don't want to say. Uh 
I don't want to say enemies, but there's 30 adversaries, I guess a better, better way of putting yeah. it that, and you're in charge of those 30 people to, to figure out what the yeah. heck's going on. I, I've always said that when I finally uh, hang up the, 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 the gray pants and the black shoes and the, the, the jersey and the whole bit that I, when, when coaches do make a bad decision, I want to go and, and tell them how bad their decision was yeah. because I, when, as a, as a, as an umpire, they're allowed to do it to me all the time. Even if it's just in, in, uh, in passing, it's, it's quite astonishing. Um, do you ever talk to some of those other coaches with your, that are your buddies and, and say, man, it's not that, it, it's actually kind of fun. You should become an umpire. Give it a shot. Yeah. I, uh, so about halfway through the summer, I talked to them and at that point, sort of all there, what they all said is it's kind of too late at this point, which I get where they're coming from. I would disagree, but I understand why they're saying that, um, halfway through the summer, I mean, this training took us all the stuff I had to submit, all the paperwork, just, yeah. um, the training took a few months in the winter, all that stuff online. So it would have been near the end of summer by the time this started. And a lot of them aren't going to be able to coach all the time for that this summer. So I see where they're coming from in that aspect, but um, something I think uh, cool that could be done is reaching out to these, even as young as 14 U programs, but up into the high school programs and showing them that's a cool thing to do. I don't know. You could uh, have that appeal. You can make a quick few bucks and just show that it's fun. It's a great way to stay involved with the sport. If you're not going to play college ball, um, not be able to coach because it's also the way that we're doing it. Like I could do it is make your own hours. You could do anything else. You could work around those. Um, I could work days and just pick up 8 p.m. games every night and still make a good amount of money and have some fun with it. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. We try to get kids at, at a young age. We had some younger kids for a clinic last weekend, which was mm-hmm. nice to see. And I, I, I was like, okay, just do this. And and they were they were the they were the best ones to to, to teach yeah. and mentor because they they didn't have any bad habits yet. Mm-hmm. So it was like stand yeah. here. They just nodded to okay. Do, your, do, do this your hand. Okay, good. Anyway, it was quite simple. And you try to reiterate, you you know, you can go to like the little league complex we have here in Lethbridge. They can be out there all day if they wanted and make 60, 70, 80 bucks, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And, uh, and you know, it's better than having a paper route. And it's more and more rewarding in the whole, or whatever it is. Nowadays, I don't know if kids even have paper routes anymore, but whatever. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, that just aged me a little bit, but it's, uh, no, it's a good way to stay in the game is the, is the biggest mm-hmm the biggest thing and not everybody it would be everybody could be coaches and you can't play forever and uh, it, it is a it's a lot more fun and it's a lot more positive than people uh think that it is because there's so yeah. much there's so much negativity that get that gets put on the news about the, the umpire that got punched in the face or got pushed down yeah. or the referee and whatever sport and you never hear about the the 30,000 other games that go on without a hitch and the, the umpire gets a pat in the back after the game is over. And yep. I think that's something that we really have to, to get out there to, to people, especially your age that can, and, and younger to say, you know what? It's not that bad. It's really yeah. not that bad. It's a, it's actually a lot of fun and, and you, you get your fancy uniform and, and you get to be part of the game. I think it's something that really got to get pushed out to, to guys, your age, your age and lower for sure. Yeah. And especially with us, um, story you're talking about we see all the just negative stuff in the news and i think it just amplified for my generation i mean with instagram youtube all that stuff you're seeing the clips of the minor league coaches putting the trash can down at home you know behind home plate you're seeing uh, all the major league coaches just yelling at the umpires the whole game and that's sort of what's glorified almost um and it's not a great message for these coaches who think they're major league coaches um some of these older guys think that that's what they're supposed to do they're supposed to get up on your face and that's just not how that's not how the average game goes. I didn't have a single game like that. People need to realize that. 
it's so much it, it's so much trust me it's so much better than it was 20 years ago when there was just you it, it was a gunfight the old k corral a, a lot not that well, it was a lot of years ago now but it's so much better than it was yeah you do get the unruly parent because it's they have more of an investment in their child and they think they're all going to the big leagues at the age of 10 and 12 and 13 whatever it is but it used to be the a gunfight day in day out and that's why some of the the older guys they they do have some problems out there still this day because they're they're looking to eject instead of just ignoring yep. right and they're, they're going through the four steps the wrong way right it's kind of the, one of those things uh is there a call that you remember that you go man i nailed it i got this right i i this is why i do this you left with a smile on your face or you you're it made you really confident and go man i can do this i got this i there's no doubt i can do this Yep, uh, there is. So, some sort of thirteen. Geek age, out as much as you want, man. I want yeah. to hear it. Geek out. Go right. ahead. Thirteen. Not, not even a complicated call. Thirteen. You fourteen. You call. Um, runner coming home plate at the plate. Catcher. He was out by about a mile. Runs right past the catcher. Catcher ball and glove. Just grabs him with his right arm. Right. Tons of contact. Kid comes and touches home. I call him safe. Coach goes ballistic. Um. And the reason I did was because the coach, uh, the catcher the entire time, ball in the glove, left hand. Yeah. Kid comes up to him and sort of just runs into the right side of his body. Left hand stays extended, never touches him. You got to tag him with the ball. And there are calls like that where I know I have the right call. Some of them hesitant to make them just because I know I'm going to face crazy amounts of backlash. Yeah. Because they're going to be, what what the hell, man? But um, And that decided the game. That was Extra innings, bottom. Oh, of one course, of it could have been a third inning, game. right? <laughs> and yeah. uh, and they went ballistic. It was ridiculous, um, but it was nice knowing confidently that I one hundred percent did not miss it. And because no matter what I'm saying to this coach, I'm not going to change his mind. No. But within myself, knowing that I got that right, and then end of the game, walking back to the parking lot, other coach come up, tell me, shaking my hand, tell me it's a great call. Um, just feels good. Feels good that you know what you're doing. Feels good that you've reached that level where you can be confident in yourself and not doubt making a call because of what people are going to say about it. No, and that's that's one thing, and it's that's where the timing thing comes into stuff. Okay, you 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 have that. Uh, this is something that uh, even I struggle with at times. Um, is that you do have that two seconds where you don't have. It might seem like an eternity, but you can just take that time, take a step back, pause, 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 yep. read it. And then react and then make the call because you only get that one chance to make a call. I, I, I try to tell, and this is something I say all the time at our clinics, is uh, you, you want an odd number of calls on an even number of calls. Zero, zero is bad. Two's is even, two's even worse. One and three aren't too bad because if you have three calls, at least there's a vote. Right, you get two out of three and call yeah. are good. When you start making a zero and two calls, that's when people are in a situation, and you do have enough time, no matter what, because it's nothing until you call it. And it sounds like okay, you did that. I I made the right call. I did it. Good, good, and that's how it should be. Yeah. And that that timing thing is one thing that no matter what level, um, everybody screws that up. There's no getting yeah. around that. Yeah, and uh, I, it's one of those things where. Uh, at the end of the day, I think it's better now than it was, like you said. But uh, coaches, umpires, got to realize the guy on the other end is a guy. It's probably going home to his friend's family at the end of the day. And uh, it's one sort of story that really shows that is. So I remember I did a uh, one of some some game, forget the level. And uh, it was a tough game. Coaches both sides were riding me the whole game, nothing crazy. And I went out to my car and I left all my lights on, right? The car was dead. Oh, of it, course. Was, it was after, I think I was doing four games back to back. 
probably a hundred degrees. I was exhausted. And, uh, one of the, the coach I was riding the hardest actually saw that my car was dead and came over and like offered to give you a jump. And it's just the thing that once you step off the field, guys can be good friends. It's just sort of that environment on the field. I get the competitive environment wanting to win. Um, and some of the tempers can boil over a little bit. That sense. Yeah, that's one thing that, that is good about baseball that you can get out the field and it, and it's over. And if you have a double header with the same two teams, and yep. you can you could have a, a a situation in the first game and then the home plate being the second game. It's all it's all you. It's usually yep. I shouldn't say all the time. It's usually left behind it, and and uh, and those calls or those decisions get left be, left behind because the, the the baseball season can be really really long. How many games did you end up doing this summer? Uh, approximately, do, do you know? I I don't have the exact number. Um, I'd say probably five-ish a week um, throughout the summer. I think it boils down around 60, 70 total. Um, If I remember that correctly, I have them all listed somewhere. But um, yeah, I sort of, I started that younger level 10U and just worked my way up. And I remember, so when I just got excited to do my first high school game, I'd only done 12U. I get a call, hey, we got a cancellation. We need you. I'm like, I'd rather like uh, work my way up a little bit more. I mean, yeah. it's only a few weeks in the summer. I've really done this. He's like, dude, we need you. And after that game, um, despite the mistiming call, both coaches shook my hand and said it was one of the best games they've had called. And that's sort of the game that built my confidence where I'm like, okay, I can really do this. Um, I don't think, I didn't think I was ready, but I'm ready for the higher levels. And even if I don't really know fully what's going on, what I'm supposed to do, at least I can act like it. You know what I mean? Smoke and mirrors. At least everyone thinks I know what I'm doing. Yeah. So that's all that really matters most of the time. No, it, it, it is. I've, I've always said, like, I, I wouldn't – I'm trying to get to sit a place in, in my doing games next summer is where I'm going to go out there a lot more with younger guys and not be uh, the mentor but be their partner. I think that's something mm-hmm. that's uh, very important because a lot of guys, they uh, – they don't want to make mistakes and, and that's so they, so they don't even bother trying. And I want to go out there with some younger guys and guys, your age and say, okay. And not be the mentor so much, but we'll discuss things after the game, not during the game. Because if you, I find when you do it during the game, it shows a, a lack of confidence with, for, for, for the other coaches, right? Cause the coaches yep. go, well, what did you guys get wrong there? What are you, what are you talking about here? And yep. it's, it's kind of, it's a bad thing when it comes to that. Um, you and your buddy, like are you going to get to a, a point where you guys are going to be the guys in, in your community where you're doing a lot more games, where you're going to, going to be the uh, the guys that ca- that carry the torch onto the next level for, for years to come? Yeah, look, I really hope so. Like, so we've got a group of uh, four guys that sort of do all the games in our community. We all know them. I grew up playing with them, and uh, I have tremendous levels of respect for them. They've been here forever for the community. And hopefully, I don't know if that'll be now. It depends on what happens with uh, work and school. But hopefully someday, uh, we've always talked about us, too, when we retire – we can uh, find somewhere and just be those communities to umpires. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, grow the program. Um, maybe create some sort of organization where we can get younger guys involved. And um, so you're never too young to about, start at something like that, but go ahead. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, one more thing about just sort of us to uh, our banter is geeking out a little bit. We uh, on the field, right. We're always agreeing with other calls. We worked a few games together. Yeah. Um, so those five games were all with him and we're always agreeing with each other. We back each other up. But then immediately getting in the car together, there's about an hour drive home. He gets in the car and uh, first thing he says is, you fucked that call up so bad. And I'm like, yeah. ah, like, you know what I mean? It's just um, having each other's back on the field. And uh, at the end of the day, being able to step off and still have a little bit of fun with it, mess around with it. It is amazing when you get a good camaraderie with the guy that you're on the field with and the, 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 uh, the, the, 
the ribbing you can give each other and, and the fun yep. you can have with each other and have each other's back on the field. And then as soon as, as, soon as that locker room door shuts or, or yep. your, your, the car door shuts and you, you can just say, listen, man, you kicked that one or what did yep. you, you, where were you standing? Where were you going? What were you doing? <laughs> it is, uh, it is astonishing. Yeah. Uh, finish things up here. Uh, where do you, One thing that you think you you need to work on the most mm-hmm. now that you're that you're getting into your second year of actual you know big yep. league umpire and I guess is that one way of putting what's what's the one thing that you know that you you got to work on like none of us are perfect by any means when we go in the field even the big league guys they they tend to make their share of mistakes which is yep. amplified by that stupid box that's on TV but um, the yep. one what's one thing that you really gotta you really got to think about for next season and how you go and, and then how are you going to go about yeah. doing it during the off season? Um, so I think adjusting, adjusting, uh, to changes in plays, adjusting different, uh, conditions. One thing, so an example is a uh, plate to plate. I'm in the right spot. Then there's a bad throw catcher shifts over five feet. I've got to have the awareness to shift over with him a little bit. Um, I think that was difficult for me. I'd get so caught up in the moment watching the ball come in that I want to plant my feet a little bit too early and then just watch the play fold out, uh, play unfold. And uh, I think adjusting to just being able to uh, be dynamic on the field is one big thing. And then, uh, sorry, what was the second part of that question? Like, How are you going to go about doing that? Oh, yep. Um, and that's something where I really think it's just being cognizant about it on the field. I mean, I got a few things written in my notebook about, look, first game, remember this, 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 this. Um, and I'll probably, again, first few games, start at that younger level. And even 10 new game, act like it's a varsity game, just moving my feet just as much as I would. Um, just then when I, I don't know, week into the summer, get up to that those higher level games I was doing uh, the past summer, that I'll be doing it even better. No, that's one thing that we talk about because we're doing these clinics. We, we do more, um, like we're not doing very much rule book at all, but just situations. Mm-hmm. And because teams get a chance to uh, practice prior to the season starting, umpires don't. We, we basically yep. go out there, we, we dust off our bag and see you later, we're back out. And then you just you just fall into it and, and hope for the best, like expect the worst, hope for the best kind of deal. And yep. uh, this is something we're trying to do here is that you can see pitches. We're, we're getting calls mm-hmm. in first base. We're, we're giving scenarios where where the throws aren't perfect. And we're, and we're saying, okay, you got to slide this way, move this way. And it, most places don't get that, that uh, kind of uh, mentorship throughout the year because we just go. And it, you know, yep. and we don't get a uh, any spring training per se, and that's one thing that I think throughout uh, Canada and the United States, we got to get find ways to do that and give young guys like yourself the opportunity to to do that. It, where would the the closest uh, like for somewhere like you because you're in school in Indiana? Like, is there something that you could seek out that's around there that would that has that? Do you know? Yeah. So uh, uh, for like a training center, almost. Yeah. Or being able to. I, it's tough to find anything near Indiana. I mean, I'm in uh, Bloomington, which is kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, but then when I'm back here in Chicago, I mean, I'm back here uh, every few months for a few weeks on end yeah. for breaks. And there's a lot of spots. Um, I couldn't name them, but there are a lot of spots. And even so my buddy and I, we coach, we have access to an indoor facility. And we joke that uh, when we're here for spring break or before school ends, we'll just hop in there and uh, get some calls and get the pitching machine going. One of us is the catcher, one of us behind him, just to see some balls before the season starts. 
That's probably the best thing you can do with the C pitches yep. because that's like you, 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 your first few games, you'll see 300 in a game and, and yep. the, the first one might be a slider outside. You go, oh, geez, I didn't expect yep. that, right? And so if you yeah. get a, you can get a few to to call throughout the, the summer months just to keep yourself, getting yourself in position because it's repetition is the biggest thing when it comes to umpiring yep. and, and giving yourself a, a fighting chance. Um, yeah, so it's funny. So oh, uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. sorry. Don't go ahead. Yeah, so me and my buddy uh, – me and my buddy, his name's Jacob. So we always, well, right when we were getting into this, when we were doing all the filling out the forms and stuff, we always joked, um, like, who are these guys? We saw there was some email address we get emails from that, like, the email would be like perfect call at yahoo.com. Like, oh, who are these guys, right? Who are these guys trading all winter? And then uh, we finally do it for summer. Now we're those guys where everything we talk about is about it. We're ready to get into an indoor facility to practice. You know what I mean? And looking back on it about a year ago, I would have thought I'm crazy right now. I would have thought I lost it, but I just love doing it. It's turned into something really great for me. No, that's good. Let that you get the fire in the belly. That's the biggest thing. I noticed that with some younger guys that I that I've seen, I work with, and then some guys who are are just getting into it uh, for for a few years now. And once it's 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 so contagious. Like once you like yep. it, and once once it's become that situation, it's hard to get out of. And you want to get out there and do 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 a lot of games. Like I still get to a point where I get the fire in the belly. I get get some nerves prior to games, no matter what. But once I'm out there, I'm fine. Once I see a few pitches um, in warm up, I'm okay. But but there, there are there, there are still times at my age where I I just the thought of going is bad, but once yep. I'm there, it, it's 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 great every time and no matter what. And, you, and there is a story to be told, and, and I don't get yelled at a whole bunch anymore. There's a, still a few situations and call call a summer ball where guys are a little bit upset with me. But there's uh, it's it's never it's never been a situation where I want to quit. And I think that's what we we need to get guys and get guys like yourself that uh, get that fire in the belly to get out there and you get the uniform on. You think it's cool and you get the yep. the, the two bags on the whole bit and, and it's it's a lot of fun. Um, how much money did you have to spend? to get your uniform because uh, that's the one thing that we need to do for younger guys like yourself is to, is yeah. to not um, have to charge guys because it, it can be pricey. Like I know when I got, I, I had to, to replenish my bag, it was a better part of two grand for different shirts. I had yep. to get this and that. What did you have to spend to get, to get going? So I think all in uh, it was under 500 because I had some great help. Some of our contacts, they had old gear. I remember my shin guards, uh, the ones I started the season with were someone's that they had previously retired yeah. and they were a little beat. But at the end of the day, it's from under the pants. Nobody can tell the difference. They still work. And I ended up upgrading throughout the season. But I think the older guys, I'm very confident that in this uh, big Facebook group I'm got, there's hundreds of guys with old shin guards, old uh, vests sitting in their garage gathering dust. If they could just throw an offer up there, even if it's just 20 bucks, you're just giving it away to a younger guy. It would really help this grow because that's one of the sort of barriers of entry almost. Uh, guys that want to spend that initial 500 bucks without knowing if they're going to love it or not. So I think I already gave away the set that I already got. The uh, old perishing guards I already gave away to a friend who wanted to say he wanted to start. So I think just keeping uh, passing everything down is huge for everything. We should use Facebook for good and not evil. <laughs> it's hard to do nowadays. It's hard to say that social media can be good. I know my parents would disagree, but. Oh, man. It's because I'm on social media all day long with the podcast and everything else. And it, the, the stuff that you see, it because it, it, I, yep. I I like to think of myself as kind of a logical guy here and there, but uh, yep. there's stuff you do. Oh, my. That's that's odd. That's different. Yep. Uh, Marianne Rivera, why was he your favorite? I think it was because uh, just of his song. Of uh, understand, man. Still one of my favorite songs to this yeah. day. Um, and I think young kid, I heard it always stuck with me. Yeah, he's he was such a such perfection. I remember when the, the day he's his last game at Yankee Stadium because I was there two weeks prior to 
for uh, Mariano Day and whatever else, the whole bit. Yep. And it was my first trip to New York, and I got to see one of his last uh, last games there. But that, so I was his very last uh, game at Yankee Stadium. I was watching on TV, and I was crying like a grade nine girl. Yep. I just, it was, it was almost embarrassing. I'm glad there was no one else around to watch me because it was, uh, it was, uh, it was a touching, touching moment. I still got got a couple pictures back here of old Mariano and everything else. But no, it's. Uh, I hope you keep going with this umpiring thing. I hope you keep yep. spreading the, the good word. We'll get this show out there and maybe get some uh, some y- younger people your age to start geeking out in the umpire world too, because it's uh, it can be quite rewarding. So. It can be cr- quite rewarding and a lot of fun. Uh, any final message you got out there for some people who might listen to this show for the first time? Maybe some people that that uh, that uh, some buddies of yours that might listen to this umpire show that thinking thinking, geez, that's the goofiest thing would be an umpire. What's what's the final <laughs> final words of, uh, of of knowledge from you, Mike? That uh, might uh, coerce some other guys that your age and younger to get into umpiring yeah jacob i'm sure you're listening and you'd agree with me here that uh it's not gonna lie it's sort of nerve-wracking scary to get into it but once you're into it trust me when i say it, it's the favorite thing i look forward to every game um even more so than coaching i'd say and it's it's absolutely perfect to do with playing with coaching um even with any sort of job because you can work it in sort of integrate those two things nicely i'd be uh I'd be going from right from coaching to umpiring. I love it. I scheduled it as close as possible because I hated that hour before just anticipation, excited for the game. So I just got to just pack my days with uh, as much coaching and umpiring as I can do because I really, truly love both of them. And it's a great way to stay involved in the community. 100% and giving back the community. And like you said, you're, you're doing games up to – of the association that you uh, you grew up playing with, and you're not yep. a, and you're not an old guy. And I think we got to get some people to, to get back, and because once you leave the game, it's it's tough to get back in. I don't think people should ever leave. Actually, I got one more question. Yep. You, you said you were you said you were a bit of a uh, a pain in the ass when you were 13 years old, <laughs> and you're only 19 now. Uh, so that's not very far removed from being a pain in the ass. Uh, what do your parents have to say about you being an umpire? And, and so quickly afterwards, are they are they they're obviously supportive? I I, I would hope, but they, they must chuckle a little bit and go, "I never thought I'd see the day where my boy was umpiring a baseball game." No, uh, they yeah. My dad always jokes that uh, thirteen year old me would be my worst umpire, uh, my worst uh, enemy right now. Yeah, my worst nightmare. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty. It's ironic, but um, it's pretty full circle in a way of uh, sort of reflective of how I've sort of grown up, uh, developed a little bit, and realized that why people are truly out there to have fun. Right on. No, thanks. Uh, no, this is a grand. Thank you for reaching out to me. I don't know what Facebook thing you saw me on or what saw the show on, but thank you very much to, uh, cause I put it on this thing on there wherever I can, but, uh, thank you very much for reaching out and contacting me. It's a great conversation about, uh, things that we all got to work on things that you need to work, that you know, you need to work on things that you do good and, and the benefits of umpiring and the positive things of it, because, uh, the, the positive definitely outweighs the negative. I, I don't care what anybody says. Baseball's the greatest game in the world. And if you get a chance to go out and, and help out, it's, it's, very important and a guy your age going out to help out i think it's i think it's, it's fantastic thanks brad yeah, yeah no problem thanks we'll for having to, me yeah we'll talk maybe we'll have a chat uh, before the season starts what you did in the off season to uh, improve yourself and then we'll, we'll keep, keep up with you uh, as the years go by and who knows all i to keep doing this but thank you very much for being on the show and we'll talk to you again soon sure my pleasure thank you all right mike thanks a lot all right thank you mike Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.